0: Prayer changes everything. And this morning, we are looking at why God doesn't always answer your prayers. We've been kind of building to this. And I think this is a topic that many of us have a lot of questions about. And I don't want to rush through this one. So this is part one. We're going to lay the foundation today about why. Um, I have a list of ten reasons, I believe, God doesn't always answer our prayers, and if you want the rest of the list, you have to come back next week, Um, because we're just going to get started this week, Um, but I think all of us have had these moments, right? We have gone to God, fervently asked about something, and honestly believed that we needed God to move in this situation, didn't see anything wrong with what's going on, and just, God, I really need you to do something. And then walked away wondering why he didn't. Why didn't God answer that prayer? Did I do something wrong? Does God not want to answer prayer? What is going on? And so um, a really important topic, really important thing for us to understand. Uh, We're going to start here with why God doesn't answer. And then after this, we're going to get into why God doesn't always answer on our time. Why does God delay in answering our prayers? Uh, so we're going to be in this for a while, but uh, like I said, I don't think any of us, if you've been a believer for a long time, um, this is a question that we've asked, and maybe you've come to some conclusions, so may, I hope that I confirm what you already know, maybe you'll learn something new along the way, but uh, this morning, I want to talk about, we're going to talk about two <laughs> And these are the two big ones. These are the ones that I really need us as a church to understand. These two things, because the other ones are important, but they can some if without these foundational ones, they can cause confusion. They can kind of cloud this topic, and and we jump to conclusions. And I, that's not what I want. I want us to grab hold of these two. And then next week, we'll get into the other ones. And I don't even know if we'll get through all eight of the other ones. We'll take our time. Like I said, I don't want to rush through the material. Um, I really want us to grab it. So with that, uh, reason number one, if you need the notes, it's all on the app. Like I said, I'm going to try to go through this slow this morning um, so you can follow along with the slides. Take notes if you want to. The first reason that I think God doesn't always answer our prayers, is that God doesn't always answer our prayers in the manner that you ask. And what that means is sometimes God answers our prayers, but it's not the way that we wanted, or it's not the way that we expected. We, we asked a very particular prayer, and, and it just didn't seem to go the way that we expected Isaiah 55 says this, just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. We serve a great big God who is operating on a level that sometimes we just simply cannot comprehend. For the the beginning of this series, we've been building up the the case that we serve a good God who is a good father and wants to give his people good things. In fact, last week we even got in the fact that God isn't, doesn't just want to answer our prayers. He is eager to answer our prayers. That God has elected to wait for his people to pray before he moves. And so he wants us to pray. He wants to answer our prayers. <clears throat> but on the flip side of God's eagerness to answer our prayers, we have to remember that God is an infinitely wise God. His wisdom is perfect. His knowledge is perfect. His perspective is perfect. He sees the beginning and the end of all of creation is all before Him right now. And so sometimes answering our prayers, because He's not just going to kind of answer our prayers, He's going to answer our prayers with the best possible answer in the best possible way. And sometimes the best possible answer is no because even though we think it's really important right now in this moment to have this answer God sees the ramifications of that answer and down the road if he gives if he says yes now may have consequences later or it could have eternal consequences and so because God sees all of this he knows all of this sometimes no is the best possible answer and if you, as parents we get this right and no doesn't always mean no, don't ever bring it up, right? So my son comes to me, I'm pick on Levi because he's young, he's never going to remember all this, um, you know, and down the road when he can watch this, um, I'll have preached a lot of sermons between now and then. And so, but if he comes to me looking for a snack, he, in the moment he's like, I want food and he perpetually wants food. You know, you raise boys, we all get this, right? They are always hungry. I want food, Dad, I want a snack now. Well, son, lunch is coming out of the oven. There's different food coming. You need to wait. I'm not saying I'm never going to give the kid a snack ever again. I'm just saying that maybe right now the timing isn't the best, right? Dad, let's start a movie no, it's 10 minutes to bedtime, and if we start a movie now, and you stay up till the end of the movie, you're gonna wake up, and you're gonna be emotional, it's gonna wreck your day, that's more for the girls, but you know what I mean, like, no isn't always no, right, I'm never saying we're never watching a movie ever again, I'm just saying, you know, right now is it the best time, because as the parent, I'm operating on a level my kids just aren't operating right now, well, as much as I operate on a higher level than my kids. God's operating on a level we'll never achieve. One day my kids will be parents and they'll get it. We're never going to achieve God-level operation. And so God doesn't, God wants to answer our prayers, but his best possible answer may not be the answers that we are expecting. It may be, wait, wait. It may be, I need to tweak this just a little bit for it to be the best. And because our, our, even as smart and as wise and as knowing as all of you are, you will never see things the way God sees it. And so God doesn't always answer our prayers in the way that we expect, but because it's not the exact answer we were looking for, it looks like he didn't do it. So part of understanding that God is a good God is trusting in His process, trusting in His wisdom, trusting in His goodness that if I'm not getting the answer I'm looking for, there's got to be a good reason for it. And praise God. Because sometimes, and this is why I'm a big advocate of journaling your prayer requests, sometimes hindsight's 20-20 and you look back and you're like, oh, yeah, there's a reason I didn't get that answer. Or, you end up with a story like Numbers, where Israel's going through the desert, and they're sick of manna, and so they cry out to God that we want something else. God gives them what they want. God gives them meat. and What happens? They all get sick. Gave you what you wanted. <laughs> I wish you hadn't, right? Like, and God will do that. Sometimes God, we're fervent, we're asking, and we want, and God will sometimes give us what we want, and we're like, oh, Maybe I didn't want that so much, but it's all part of our development. It's all part of our growth So sometimes god doesn't answer our prayers and we just need to trust that we serve a good god and he really wanted to But it's not the best Right now it may not be the best ever. It may just not be good at this time So reason number one We serve a good God who is eager to answer our prayers, but he's going to answer to the best that he can. Sometimes the best is just not what we are expecting. Number two, God doesn't always answer prayers you don't pray. And this is a big one, right? Wayne Gretzky, you're going to miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And if God is waiting for us to pray before he moves, if you're not praying, God can't answer. And we... There are times, and you look back on your life and see that sometimes God was preemptive (laughs) and He answered a prayer before we even realized we needed that prayer answered. But there are times where God is waiting for us to pray. And we just simply don't do it. James 4.2 says this, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. You don't have because you don't have, because you don't ask. And I, there are a couple of reasons I think we don't ask. So we're going to take the rest of the, ser- the, rest of the message and unpack I think there's six reasons I think we don't pray about things. And all of these are not guilt. They're not made to make you feel bad. They're not supposed to make you feel guilty. But it's to bring enlightenment so that you, my hope is that at the end you're actually encouraged to pray more. Right? You're encouraged to not hold back. You're encouraged to not let any of these things get in the way, but that you're going to pray for more stuff. Because, we like said, we serve a good God who wants to answer. So, Let's just pray about all of it. <coughs> so a couple of reasons why I think we don't pray. Number one, um, it is our Canadian-ness gets in the way. Uh, one author said that we as Canadians just either don't like asking for favors or we don't want to inconvenience somebody. I hate to be a bother, but could you pass the salt? Really? Is passing the salt, that big of an issue? Like we, Is it that big of an inconvenience? But, but we, we frame it that way, Right? hey, I know you're in the middle of eating, but could you... And when we have this mentality of, I don't want to inconvenience anybody, and that starts to filter into your prayer life, God, you are dealing with cosmic, national, world-defining moments right now. I don't want to bother you with my little thing. And so we just don't pray about it. And the reality is is that you serve a good God who sees the cosmic thing and the little thing that you're dealing with and to Him they are all equally important and He's equally capable of answering all of it. He's just waiting for you to ask. You are not an inconvenience. You are worth it. You're worth the prayer. You're worth the time. You're worth the energy because God's got endless amounts of it. Don't let your Canadian-ness get in the way. You are not a bother. You're not an inconvenience. God wants to answer your prayer. So pray it. Number two, uh, the naturalist worldview. And I'm not talking about like natural supplements. I just gotta define that right out of the gate. Okay. What I'm talking about when I say the naturalist worldview, I'll leave that up. I'm talking about this idea that what I see is all there is. Right? It's this approach that science can answer all of our problems. If I can't quantify it, if I can't measure it, if I can't test it, if I can't do any of this, then it's not real. And what happens when we start, and this, this mindset, this worldview, is so prevalent, right? It's everywhere. But the problem with this worldview, when it gets into the church and it gets into our walk, is that we start to have this mindset of, well, I've tried everything else, I've tried everything I can do. I've tried everything science has told me I can do. I have put in my effort. Nothing else has worked, so I guess I'm going to pray. In the naturalist worldview, there is no room for the supernatural because I can't see it, I can't always hear it, I can't quantify it, and so it doesn't exist. And so because of that, because in in many of us, in not us. I'm just, in many people, this is the default approach. I'm going to do it. I'm going to handle it. I'm going to go to the doctors. I'm going to fill in the blank. And what God is trying to remind us is that when we do it from the naturalist, everything I can do in my power approach, we often are just dealing with the symptoms. We're not getting to the root of it because many of the things that are going on in life have this spiritual root, brought on by a spiritual enemy who's trying to derail everything and God's like yeah you can do some stuff but I want you to pray and let me do what only I can do and I'm not rejecting science okay everyone's like oh Matt's anti-science no I'm not I am the biggest believer that science and religion need to go hand in hand because science answers some questions about the world that religion either can't or shouldn't. And religion answers questions about life that science shouldn't. and shouldn't. Science keeps trying to sneak in and we keep saying, no, stay. Stay in your lane. We'll stay in ours and we'll, we'll just go through this. But the naturalist worldview, this whole, like, oh, I can do it because it's only what I can see that's there, is going to impact our ability to pray the fervently and the consistency that we pray because it's like, well, I've tried everything else. No, I prayed, and now I'm going to try everything else. <clears throat> Number three, uh, the reaction it's a reaction to the prosperity gospel. If you don't know what the prosperity gospel is, um, it was a popular teaching for a long time. It's still kind of circulating around. It's this idea that God only wants you to be healthy and wealthy and there's never any room for suffering in a believer's heart. But that all sounds really good. Yeah, I'll sign up for that, but it's not scriptural. Prosperity gospel is all of a sudden turns into it's all about me, right? I can go to God and there's this name it and claim it mentality, right? I want the Ferrari, so I'm naming it and I'm claiming it and God's going to give it to me and and no because the prosperity gospel is all about me and i'm getting what i want and i want me 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 more 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 accumulate 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 and god's like no it's not about me it's about we it's about us it's about kingdom it's about the bigger picture but the reaction to the prosperity gospel is well I don't want to be associated with this name and claim it idea. I don't want to be associated with. So I'm just not going to pray. I'm not going to pray for good things to happen. I'm not going to pray for. I'm just not going to pray for anything. It's not that you can't ask God to do good things. Like I said, we serve a good God who wants to do good things in your life. I'm not saying you can't ever ask God for nice things, but the end goal is not my kingdom. It's God's kingdom. It's the church growing. It's my brothers and sisters being encouraged and built up. And I'm not even saying you can't be wealthy, but it's what you use the wealth for. Money can be the root of all kinds of evil because we can do whatever it takes to get more of it. It distracts from what God's trying to accomplish in our community, in our lives, and in our families. We don't pray. It's a reaction to this prosperity gospel, which I'm glad is easing out a little bit um number four you don't pray because you don't think you measure up john 15 5 to 8 yes i am the vine you are the branches those who remain in me and i in them will produce much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned, but if you remain in me, my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. If I remain in you, and you remain in me, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. And this all is a great and encouraging verse when the devotion time is working, when we're spending time in prayer, when everything is clicking, but then all of a sudden we have a bad week. I didn't abide like I was supposed to. Mm. You know I am not perfect in my abiding. I'm not perfect in my prayer. I'm not perfect in my connection with God. So maybe that's why God never answers my prayers. And because I'm not perfect in it, I'm just not even going to bother. Newsflash. None of us are. If perfection was the prerequisite for answered prayer, God would never answer prayers. The only prayers He'd ever answer was Jesus. You don't have to. To be perfect in abiding, you just have to make the effort. And in fact, one author said, if you just start with prayer, soon the abiding will just start to happen. We talked about this last week, right? You start with prayer at the base level of just asking and crying out for help and you grow and you move and you discover that there's a relationship to be had and that it's not just you talking, but God actually wants to talk to you and you continue to grow and you continue to abide. He continues to feed and encourage you. You don't measure up. None of us do. That's why we needed Jesus. That's why we needed the Holy Spirit. That's why we need prayer. Because God fills the gaps. We don't pray because we feel like we're not qualified to ask. Mm. God has qualified you. God has done what only he can do. He's opened the doors. He's opened his presence up to us so that we can ask even in our imperfection. Number five, you give up too soon. Uh, Isaiah 62. O Jerusalem, I have posted watchmen on your walls. They will pray day and night, continually, take no rest at all you who pray to the Lord. Give the Lord no rest until he accomplishes his until he completes his work, until he makes Jerusalem the pro of the earth. This is Isaiah talking on behalf of God. I have Called the prayers to pray until I've done what I have been called to do. And all throughout scripture, there are these stories of needed perseverance to press through, to keep pushing. <clears throat> right? Moses, when Joshua was fighting the enemies of Israel, as long as Moses' hands were up, Israel and the army was winning. As soon as the hands started to fall, they started to lose. It's just not just a story about lifting hands. It's a story about prayer. It's a story about persevering. It's about pressing in until something happens. Not giving up. And there's lots of stories, but we and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, we so often just pray once and hope that something happens. And God's like, no. Keep on praying. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. This is the Luke 11 passage. Don't give up. Pray it through. Pray until something happens or pray until God tells you to stop. Pray. Don't give up. So often our answer is just on the other side, if we had just pressed on just a little bit longer. And some of you have been praying for things for years, or you prayed for things for years, and you're like nothing's happening. I give up, but God's like, oh, ah, don't do that. You're on the verge, it's gonna happen. Daniel is my favorite story, Daniel prayed and fasted for 21 days for God to move and finally an angel shows up and says something was going on in the heavenlies that delayed me thank you for continuing to pray thank you for continuing to press on and God is saying the same thing to us press on don't give up don't let go don't lose heart too soon just keep on praying Don't stop. Number six, you don't pray because you're afraid of what God may ask of you. I'm going to let that one sink in a little bit because sometimes we go to God and we want God to move, but I think our approach to prayer is, God, I'm going to leave it in your cart. You deal with it. And we go to God. We make our request. We ask God to move, and God's response is, well, actually, you have a role to play in this. It's time for you to get in the game, and maybe it gets us out of our comfort zone. Maybe it asks. Maybe it will cost us something. Maybe it's just. It's just. But sometimes those uncomfortable, costly situations are the very thing that God wants to use to make us grow. Sometimes you are the answer to prayer. To, you're looking for or God wants to accomplish the answer through you but because we know this because we've read enough scripture and we've seen the way God interacts with his people that they go to prayer and God's like okay you go deal with it and you're like ah, I can't risk that I don't want uh. right and I think some in in some cases we know like we're going to go to God and be like God I really need you to I need you to bring rest to restoration to the situation we know the what the answer is before we ask god's like yeah you're gonna do it uh I'd rather not I really like for you to do it i really like for pastor matt to do it i really like for somebody else to do it but and what got and no matter the cost no matter how uncomfortable you might be there's so much reward there's so much growth there's so many good things no matter the cost the reward of obeying and being used by God far outweighs it we don't pray because we're afraid that God might ask us to actually get in the game and this list is not by no means comprehensive you're like, you know, I got my own reasons and Matt didn't say it, so obviously mine are justified. No, that's not the point. There's a long list of reasons we don't pray. But the point is, is that we serve a good God who wants to answer. And we just need to get into prayer. <coughs> Which brings us to communion. And I think the same approach starts to happen when we get to communion. I think there are times where we come to communion and we're kind of hesitant because, you know, have you tasted these things? Like, like uh. good news. This is the last service with these. We discovered they had, anyways, they're gone. <laughs> we're going to use them and then we're going back to the old way. But, anyways, we talked about this with worship, right? We talked about how, you know, well, you know, I don't like the music, I don't like the band, I don't like, I don't like the fact that we do it on the video, I don't like the fact we don't have a full live, and so I don't like it so I can't get into worship. I don't like the juice and the crackers so I can't get into communion, but we miss the point of communion. Yeah. It's not just something we do because the pastor tells you to. It's not something we do because it's something the church has always done. We do communion because we enter into a really, truly majestic holy moment we are sharing an experience because christ is here with us as we take it when jesus gathered with his friends broke the bread shared the wine gave them before the betrayal before his great sacrifice we enter into this moment this is unique this is special this is powerful we take communion because we look back and we remember that Jesus did the exact same thing with his disciples. We remember the sacrifice that was made so that we could have the life that we have. We have the freedom, we have the forgiveness, we have everything that we're craving because of what communion represents. But not only do we look back, we look ahead. Because Jesus is coming back. He said we're we're not doing this forever. We're going to get to eternity and it stops because when Jesus returns, this is us anticipating, looking ahead, knowing that this world is not all there is, that Jesus can come back. He's going to establish his kingdom. He's going to do what only he can do. So we look back and praise God for the sacrifice. We look ahead that Jesus is coming back. He's going to make all things right. This is an amazing moment. And I appreciate my counsel being like, we don't do it enough. Oh no, thank you. Because not only is this sacred, not only is this a holy moment, but if we come at it right, I believe God can do great and amazing things for communion. I've seen God heal people in communion. I've seen God restore relationships over communion. I've seen God do things because we don't take communion lightly. Paul tells us to make sure that our hearts are right, to make sure that we don't take communion in an unworthy manner, but we take it in a way that is honoring because this is significant. We take I think sometimes we take prayer too lightly. I think sometimes we take communion too lightly. And all the while, God is waiting to do something great and amazing. And if we can get past whatever it is that holds us back, God's going to do something this morning that you've been waiting for him to do for a really long time.